You are listening to the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. For more resources, visit us at lifepoint.cc. I hope you guys had a Merry Christmas, that you enjoyed your time together. Um, Even if it was more of a beige Christmas than a white Christmas, it was still uh, a good time, right? Because we got to celebrate the awesome gift of Jesus coming and being a person and eventually saving us, right? So I hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. I'm excited to dive into um, God's Word with you guys all this morning. For those of you guys that don't know me, my name is Riley. I get the honor and the privilege of being the youth and outreach pastor here at LifePoint, which is a lot of fun. Um, being the youth pastor um, is, is a lot of fun and uh, comes with its own unique perks. Uh, one of my youth students gave me a, a, one of those flaming button-up shirts from like the early 2000s for a Christmas gift. <laughs> and she wanted me to wear it today, but I told her, that I do not want that recorded on <laughs> anything. So maybe I'll wear it tomorrow to a week of prayer, but uh, being a youth pastor is the best. Um, for those of you guys that remember the last time I spoke on a Sunday, we answered the question, do I know enough to share the gospel? And um, since then, I hope you guys took that to heart and you've been able to step out of your comfort zones and, and share the gospel with somebody Um, in some way, because if you remember, um, I compared sharing the gospel and not sharing the gospel to a body of water that that doesn't have an outlet, that that eventually that body of water becomes stale and it's stagnant and it's not able to, to hold life in it because it doesn't have that outlet. In the same way, the Christian life needs that outlet of outreach in our lives so that we can have the fresh life that God has designed for us. Um, This morning, I want us to look at another one of those areas where if we're not intentional with it, we'll kind of become stale and stagnant. So the question that I want us to, to answer today is this. What do we do when God shows up in our lives? What do we do when God shows up in our lives? When we have been pursuing God with all of our heart and with with lots of passion and God shows up and we see that breakthrough. When God answers those specific prayers that we've been contending for, um, maybe when we're first saved, what do we do? Where do we go from that place of, of encountering God in such a powerful way? You know, and, and today is New Year's Eve, so it's natural that we, we reflect on the, the last year. We look back at all that's, that's happened. We look back at all that God's done for us this last year how he showed up, how he's provided, how he's healed, how he's delivered us. And we should look back on the last year and we should be thankful and we should be grateful and we should have that, that special moment of, of, of thanksgiving in our heart as we look back at all that God has provided for us. But I also want us to, to learn how to steward those testimonies as we go into this next uh, year, the new year. How do we move on from what God has done in 2023 and how do we bring that into 2024? Because we can't um, just be people that, that we get our encounter with God and then we call it good enough. We can't just be people that stop at that, that one spot where God has met us and we kind of disengage. We can't live in the past, but we got to move on into this next year. 
you know? And for me, I know uh, my tendency is kind of to hang out in the past, to linger in, in what's already happened instead of what God is bringing me into sometimes. So I know that it can be a struggle for us sometimes. Um, and one of the, the least shocking things um, when people find out this about me that I, I went to school um, to be a history teacher. No one's surprised by that because for whatever reason I must have those uh, similar quirks that all history teachers have, right? But I love history. I like history. I appreciate history. Some of it is in interesting. You know, I'm in a book club uh, with some people and the book that, that I chose for us all to read this last time was about the Wars of the Roses in, in like 1300s England, right? So I, I like history and I appreciate history. But we cannot, um, uh, the goal of history and studying history isn't just to know things about the past. And it's not about wishing that we were in the past, but it's learning how to apply those things that have happened to how we live and how we do things going forward. So this morning we're going to look at how the Israelites handled times where God had showed up for them in, in huge ways. And we're going to look at how they responded afterwards in those moments after God showed up in big ways, um, how they did that and how we can apply that to our own lives. Um, Switch so this morning, it's not going to be anything uh, mind-blowing. It's going to be very simple, but if we genuinely apply the things that we're going to talk about, I think that it's going to be, uh, we're going to see huge difference in our lives going forward. All right, so if you have your Bibles... If you want to open up to Joshua chapter 3, we'll be in Joshua chapter 3 and 4 this morning. Um, and the backstory leading up to where we're at in, in chapter 3 is that the Israelites are on the banks of the Jordan River. They had just spent 40 years wandering around the desert in the wilderness, um, hoping to get to this, this spot. Prior to that, they were in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. And then God used Moses and the plagues and the Passover to set them free. And then the people of Israel walked across the Red Sea because God parted the Red Sea for them, right? And, and they're at the banks of the Jordan River, and they're about to cross the Jordan River, and they're going to enter into the, the promised land, the land that God had promised to their, four, their forefathers, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, hundreds of years prior to this moment. So they're full of uh, anticipation and excitement for what's about to happen, right? So that's where we pick up in Joshua chapter 3, we'll be in verse 9. And that says, So Joshua told the Israelites, Come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gergeshites, the Amorites, the Jebusites ahead of you. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of the water will be cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. 
But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a, a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited, three, uh, they waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. So that's pretty crazy, right? You see uh, the, the rivers mount up like a wall, the, the rest of the water flows through, and then the, the, the ground becomes dry as they walk across. Hundreds of thousands of Israelites walking across the Jordan River on dry ground. That's an incredible way for God to show up for his people. So the first point I just want us to um, just acknowledge as we move on is that when we trust God, he will show up for us. When we put our trust in God, God will show up. And we see that in this, this verse. The Israelites placed their faith in God and they obeyed him and God showed up on their behalf. They needed a way to cross the Jordan. God said, this is what I'm going to do for you. And this is what you should do in response. The Israelites obeyed and God showed up. You know, they took that step of faith and God showed up for them. The, Israel, uh, the, the people carrying the Ark of the Covenant, you know, literally took a step of faith into this overflowing river with the most holy and intimidating thing that's ever existed that carried the presence of God where, where you know, mishandling the Ark uh, caused death and, and intense things to happen. But they took that step of faith because the Lord told them to. They stepped in the, the Jordan River and when their feet touched the water, the river dried up and it was pushed back and they're able to cross on dry land. And in similar ways, not exactly the same way, but in similar ways, big ways, supernatural ways, the Lord has met you this year. You know, as you place your faith in Jesus and took steps of obedience, God met you this year. He saved and redeemed and healed and restored you and he provided for you. He showed up as you shared the gospel with people in this city. And when we place our faith in God and obey him, he will show up. You know, it might not look exactly how we would uh, expect or hope, but he is going to show up as we place our faith in God. Nothing mind-blowing, but do we, do we got that? Yeah. So now that we've seen God show up for the Israelites, we're going to look at how they respond um, in, the, in the moments after God showing up for them in this huge way. So we're going to be in Joshua 4, verse 1. And that says, When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up, a, pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to, bu to build a memorial in the future for your children. Um, 
uh, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So the men did as Joshua had commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. Joshua also set another pile of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. And they are there to this day. So the Lord stopped the Jordan River so the Israelites could walk across into the promised land. Um, and again, this is a huge way for God to show up. They needed to figure out how to cross this giant river with hundreds of thousands of people, and God showed up for them in this way. And what was their, their response to God showing up in such a big way, a supernatural way? They, they took 12 stones and they, from the riverbed where they walked across on dry land. They took them out and they, they placed them together as a memorial for what God has done for them. You know, And I was, as I was reading that, I just thought of how it would be such a, the, a, the biggest church flex for all of us that, that um, value how many chairs we can carry at church functions, like how the badge of honor that that guy gets to carry the giant stone for this memorial you know he probably found a wife that day and um, <laughs> it's pretty cool but again why did they do this why did they they take these stones and stack them in this way because it is important that we make reminders for ourselves of the ways that God has showed up in our lives it's important for us to do this because we will forget we forget things all the time, right? We, maybe we forget birthdays or anniversaries or uh, to pay the, the, the bills or the trash at trash day. I was thinking during worship, I don't know why this came to mind, but there's a time when I was at, uh, in middle school and we had kids Sunday school after service, so my mom was supposed to come back and pick us up. And she, she did come, but she forgot to stop. And she just kept driving through the parking lot. And we walked, we ended up walking home. Uh, which was, it was just a one, one time thing. Maybe she did it intentionally, I don't know. But um, we forget things all the time. Even the big things in life, we, we forget. So it's important for us to make those memorials for what, what God has done in our lives. And this is the first point of application for us this morning is that we need to stack rocks. We need to intentionally make those reminders of the things that God has done in our lives. We need to remind ourselves of the way that God has shown himself good and faithful in the past. So as we go into the future, as we're living our life, we can have the, the courage and the excitement to know that he's going to be good and faithful to us in the future. It encourages us as we look back at those testimonies of God's faithfulness in our lives. So as we reflect back on God's goodness over this last year, let's make those reminders for ourselves so that we can look back at those uh, detailed accounts of God's faithfulness in our life, like the detailed ways that God showed up because he, he shows up in the, the, the most detailed ways sometimes and those, uh, recording those things can really give us 
courage and encouragement. So whatever you need to do to do that, whether you journal or maybe you could paint something or maybe you want to go the old school route and stack rocks, whatever you have to do, whatever works for you, make those reminders in your life. Like, don't just take a mental note, but make those physical reminders of God's faithfulness to you because otherwise you will forget. You know, there are several times in my life that I look back on all the time about God's goodness in my life. The, the moment that I walked down to the floor of the Target Center in Minneapolis and I, I knelt, knelt down at the, the, the makeshift altar and I, I dedicated my life to the Lord for the first time when I was in middle school. There's the moment where I felt uh, dead and trapped in sin in 2013 and I was at Wildhood a Wildwood retreat center with the Kyle Fafar retreat and the Lord met me in that moment. There's moments where the Lord has provided for me financially. There's moments that God has healed me. He set me free from sin and addiction and, and depression. There's moments where I shared the gospel with people and he showed up in powerful ways and he healed or he delivered. There's those moments that I can look back on because I, I took these the, the, the opportunity to make a memorial or to journal it and I can look back at those things and be reminded of the way that God has showed himself faithful. And it's important for us to do that for ourselves, but it's also an opportunity for us to, to make those, those memorials so that we can point the next generation to detailed ways that God shows up. Because I feel like sometimes we can be super vague when just expressing the goodness of God to the next generation, and then they just don't know how to apply that to their lives. But when we give them detailed testimonies of how God showed up in the lives of their parents or their grandparents or the, the people that they respect at church, it gives them that framework to know how they can trust and lean on the Lord and that the Lord wants to do similar things in their lives as well. All right, so if you guys take that to heart and you make those little reminders for yourself today, of the way that God has been faithful to you in 2023, that would be awesome. Let's move on in Joshua 4, in verse 10. It says, the priests who were carrying the ark stood in the middle of the river until, the Lord, until all of the Lord's commands that Moses had given to Joshua were carried out. Meanwhile, the people hurried across the riverbed and when everyone was safely on the other side, the priests crossed over with the Ark of the Lord as the people watched. The armed warriors from the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh led the Israelites across the Jordan, just as uh, Moses had directed. These armed men, about 40,000 strong, were ready for battle, and the Lord was with them as they crossed over to the plains of Jericho. So the second point of application for us this morning is that we need to be ready for what's to come. We need to be ready for what's to come. It says in these verses that the armed warriors were ready for battle as they crossed the Jordan River into the promised land. You know, the Lord literally was doing something incredible, something that they were waiting generations to do, to enter the promised land, but yet the, the Lord had more for them. You know, he, he wanted them to be ready for what was next. They were ready to fight because God didn't just want them to camp out on one bank of the Jordan River and trade that in for the other bank of the Jordan River, but he wanted them to take control and possession of the promised land. 
He had something better for the Israelites. He had more for them and he has more for us going into 2024. He had more ground for the Israelites to take and he has more ground for us to take. You know, maybe God saved you this last year. You, you came into a life-saving encounter with God. And that is amazing and we praise God for that. But I wanted to encourage you, there's more for, for you to be ready for in 2024. Maybe God set you free from sin or depression or anxiety this last year. And again, we praise God, but there's more that God has ready for you, more for you to be ready for going into this next year. Maybe you stepped out and you shared the, the gospel with people in this city or with your family or your friends or your coworkers. And I'm very proud of you for doing that. But there's more that God has in store for you going into 2024. We cannot stop pursuing God. We cannot stop living life with God. And we cannot stop expecting God to show up. If we stop here, we're going to fall into that dead and stale life that, that I mentioned at the beginning. We need to keep going in the things that God has prepared for us. We cannot be a done that, uh, a been there, done that. I've experienced that before, so I'm going to pass this time people. We cannot have that mentality. And unfortunately, again, I, I fall into that mentality sometimes. I know that that's something that we can fall into. You know, we, we do things wholeheartedly and we encounter what we wanted to encounter and then we just use it as a badge of honor sometimes and we it can disengage from continuing to grow. That's kind of the, the way of our generation at the moment. You know, my great-grandmother is 100 years old and she's the best. But she still reads her Bible through every year from cover to cover. She still engages with sermons every week. She still prays for people. She still gives generously to the Lord because she knows that there's more for her to do, more for her to steward and more for her to be faithful in. You know, things might not seem as new and exciting as they did the first time. And we can choose to disconnect because we have heard it before. Or we can choose to respond to God day after day, knowing that there's always more we can grow in. We need to reject the idea that we know it all and that we've already responded to that call or worshiped in that way. And we need to prepare our hearts for how God wants to move in this new year. Not to go from emotional high to emotional high, but be, to be made into the likeness of Jesus. You know, just imagine if instead of being someone who felt weird to respond each week because we give responses every week and you feel like, I don't know, I've already responded before. They might think that I, I'm backslidden or, or I'm not perfect, so I don't think I'm going to respond this morning. What if we all just chose to have the humility to respond each week knowing we can grow in every way still before the Lord, that there's always something more that we can grow in? You know, the beauty of Jesus being our justification and our salvation before the Lord is, is the fact that we do not have to pretend to be perfect. We can admit that we need to grow, and then little by little when we respond and we decide that we're going to grow, we're going to be made 
more and more into the likeness of Jesus. And I feel like if we do that, we're, we're willing to respond week after week in the, in the littlest things, things that we've responded to before, re- reminding ourselves of the truth of God. We won't constantly be people that are trapped harboring bitterness and hatred and jealousy because God is going to check our hearts quickly. You know, we're not going to be people that are consumed with unchecked greed or pride or lust. But I think we're going to be people that are tenderhearted and humble and full of joy and peace, able to demonstrate the love of God to others, knowing that we are not perfect, but that we are growing and that we have a secure relationship with God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We need to be ready for what the Lord is calling us into. We can't be a people that, that rests on what God has done in 2023 but we need to be ready for what he's calling us to do now and in the future. Can we do that? All right. Joshua 4:14. This is our last point. That says the day of the uh, that day the Lord made Joshua a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. And the and for the rest of his life they revered him as much as they had revered Moses. The Lord had said to Joshua, command the priest, carry the Ark of the Covenant to come out of the riverbed. So Joshua gave the command, and as soon as the priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant came out of the riverbed and their feet were on high ground, the water of the Jordan returned and overflowed its banks as before. The people crossed the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. Then they, captured, uh, then they camped at Gilgal, just east of Jericho. It was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up the 12 stones taken from the Jordan River. And then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until we were all across. Just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had crossed over. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful and so you might fear the Lord your God forever. So again, these verses highlight what God has done for them, what these stones are going to mean for the generations to come. Um, And this leads us to the last uh, point or response that I want us to look at is that we need to keep stacking rocks. We need to keep stacking rocks. Like the fact that we need to be ready for what God has next, we need to continue going after what God is calling us into. God has been building to this very moment since the beginning of time. God doesn't just do one-off performances, but everything he does builds off each other. He's been building to to, to the point where people would see him for who he truly is. Up to this point in Joshua, the Israelites have experienced many rock-building moments of God's faithfulness throughout the generations. He has been building these moments to point to his power and his might as the God of the universe, and he has done that so 
we can be reconciled back to him. You know, ever since the fall in the Garden of Eden, God has very intentionally and um, purposefully been writing our story of redemption. He's been working towards the moment where we could be brought back into right relationship with him. And he's done that through these rock-sacking moments. And he does these things to meet people in moments, to to come through for people in moments throughout history, but he also does it uh, for the sake of generations to come. You know, he called Abraham out of his home country with his family into the new uh, land that God was calling him to, which would be the, the future promised land. And the Lord blessed him for that. He blessed him really well for that. But he didn't just do it for Abraham's sake, but he did it because he was starting to build his people. You know, God gave Abraham and Sarah their son Isaac in their old age because he wanted to bless them with an heir but also because he wanted to continue to uh, build his people. You know, um, Joseph was sold into slavery by his, his brothers. Um, and that happened so that he could save his family and the Egyptians from fa- famine, but also to position God's people in the right place at the right time. He has set his people free from the Egyptians through the, the plagues and the, the Passover and and splitting of the Red Sea for for the Israelites' sake, for their freedom and for their blessing, but also because he is uh, working through them, his plan of redemption, he is bringing them to the land that he had promised them. God made a way through the Jordan River for the sake of his people, but also to continue on with his plan of redemption. And after this, we know, we, we read that they're on the, the plains of Jericho. We know what's going to happen. God is going to show up and he's going to tear down the walls of Jericho and the Israelites are going to prevail in that battle. And battle after battle, God is going to show up. And moment after moment, God is going to show up. And the Israelites are going to continue to take ground and, and stack rocks. You know, and the Israelites continued imperfectly and most of the time unknowingly building towards God's ultimate plan of sending Jesus to come into the world so that he could die for us as the payment for our sins. And that so we can stand here today as a people reconciled to God, brought into right relationship with God. We need to continue to stack rocks because it is all building to something that is greater than us. It is building to the day that Jesus is going to return. He's going to judge the living and the dead. We're still in God's story. The the story isn't finished yet, and we have a part to play. We cannot be a people that sits on our hands. We need to continue relying on God so that God can be glorified and so people can see God for who he truly is, a God that is mighty enough to save and a God that is loving enough to save. We cannot stop at our first Red Sea or Jordan River moment, but we need to continue doing the Lord's work not for our glory, and definitely not for our entertainment, but for the glory of God. This has been the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. For more resources, visit us at lifepoint.cc.